Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For today, we will be continuing on with our monthly conversation on the emerging markets. That means I am joined once again by the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office, Alejo Zerwanko. Alejo, welcome back. Great to be with you as always and looking forward to continuing with our conversation today. Thank you very much for having me, Dan. Good morning. So, Alejo, I know you're joining us to talk about your team's latest publication. This is part of the flagship Investing in Emerging Markets series. And the title for this month, The Growing Relevance of Geographic Diversification. So maybe digging into that title, the meaning behind that, is a good starting point. So, Alejo, why do you think geographic diversification is growing in relevance? Definitely. Look, Dan, we make the observation in the piece that when you look at economic dynamics in much of the world, you see a fairly unsynchronized picture still. Starting with the U.S., incoming data is suggesting that there is um, a slowdown in the U.S. economy that seems to be gathering pace, in good part due to much tighter financial conditions. Um to point in, in the direction of the Federal Reserve's DAGE book, which compiles anecdotal evidence from the field. Uh, it reports that banks have tightened lending standards amid increased uncertainty and concerns about liquidity. If you think about what's going on with um, small and medium-sized regional banks in the U.S., the latest developments involving First Republic, I think this all points in the direction of tighter liquidity in, in, in the U.S. about um, a pretty negative environment for the credit impulse, and therefore this is something that we think will impact the economy sooner or later. Um, moving on to the second largest economy in the world, China, you could argue that China experienced its own version of a recession last year, a uh, pretty challenging backdrop for China in 2022, and um, as of today, the economy is experiencing a broad-based recovery. We got numbers for the first quarter of the year, um, a pretty marked sequential growth in um, the economy overall, but in the consumption of services in particular. And this is leading us to expect full-year GDP growth in China to be above 5.5%. And even though China and the emerging world have their own set of challenges, and of course they're not totally immune to what's going on in the U.S. banking system and to some extent the European banking system, it's important to highlight that banks in the emerging markets have exhibited resilience thanks to generally solid regulatory and supervision standards. So then if you take this cyclical picture into account and consider how unsynchronized things are looking, then I think this is one important argument in favor of diversifying any investment portfolio uh, from a geographic perspective. Alejo, just thinking about geopolitical considerations, of course, geopolitics ever-evolving, especially these days, do you believe, Alejo, the changing global geopolitical backdrop, does that matter in this context as well? It matters quite a bit. And, you know, we did talk about cyclical 
uh, economic dynamics uh, a few minutes ago, it is relevant to discuss longer-term factors and developments when it comes to the importance of geographic diversification. I think it's pretty evident today that the global economic and geopolitical order is changing, and it's changing fast. We were in Washington, D.C. for the IMF World Bank meetings just a few weeks back, and there was talk of a geopolitical depression unfolding, one in which tensions between superpowers intensify. Maybe to bring it to life, if you consider China's recent move to broker a diplomatic deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia, this is a clear reminder that China has growing willingness to assert, it, assert itself in the global stage. And another example, you know, it was French President Emmanuel Macron's April visit to China. It made it pretty evident that even though U.S. and European worldviews are largely aligned, they can defer in, in key areas. There's, there's been another hotly debated topic, Dan, in recent weeks, which is the role of the U.S. dollar as preeminent global reserve and trading currency. Uh, we have written quite a bit on this topic. We have a recent piece titled, titled The Dollar is Dead, Long Live the Dollar, um, which illustrates you know, we are confident that the dollar will continue to reign uh, to be the number one global reserve and trading currency, yet it will have to make room for competitors along the way. And when it comes to competitors, of course, China's efforts to accelerate the internationalization of renminbi comes to mind. Uh, it won't be an overnight success, yet it does plant the seeds of a more diversified currency landscape ahead. Another standout is gold, which is a clearer near-term winner in this context. Last year saw very strong central bank buying off gold following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It was the 13th consecutive year of net purchases by central bank of gold and the highest level of annual demand on record dating back to 1950. Uh, we, we think central bank demand for gold can remain strong. So this is all to show then that the world is changing. We are no longer in a squarely unipolar world in which, you know, say the U.S. makes all the calls from an economic and geopolitical perspective. We are in a world of more even distribution of economic and geopolitical power. Um, and this simply emphasizes the need to not forget geographic diversification in portfolios and its importance to not forget to actively mitigate home biases. I think this is more important than ever. Alejo, as far as putting this concept of geographic diversification to work in an investment portfolio, how should we be thinking about emerging market equities as well as bonds? What are your views there? Certainly. So here's the key takeaway. Emerging market equities and emerging market bonds are less than perfectly correlated uh, to global counterparts in terms of you know, asset behavior. And therefore, this is a very desirable attribute to construct portfolios. We think you simply cannot ignore emerging market equities and emerging market bonds. Maybe in a bit more detail, I'm thinking about the opportunities in the next few months. Emerging market 
stocks are trading relatively cheaply at an above historical average valuation discount to U.S. equities, to global equities, both on a price-to-earnings and a price-to-book basis. Something that we do not think is fully justified by fundamentals and should tighten in coming months. Uh, also, as the acceleration in growth that we see in China and other emerging markets starts to trickle down to corporate earnings. That's one consideration. In addition, if you think about our review of peak policy rates in the U.S. and beyond and the economic softening we expect in the U.S., this should support the investment case in emerging market equities through a weaker U.S. dollar. Uh, when it comes to emerging market dollar-denominated bonds, for example, valuations there are also fairly attractive, and we think the asset class is a good carry play. You can get interest rates north of 8% U.S. dollar for an asset class that is very well diversified, um, and so that's another area of opportunity. To put it all together, then, I think that with large divergences in uh, economic and geopolitical behavior across countries, uh, highly geographically concentrated portfolios expose investors to a growing number of unknown unknowns, and therefore, particularly when it comes to emerging market assets, they provide a good a good balance to to portfolios considering what we discussed today. Well, Alejo, it's very helpful to better understand the benefits of geographic diversification, what that looks like in an investment portfolio, as well as some approaches to consider. And again, I do want to point our listeners, our clients of UBS, to the monthly flagship publication, which Alejo has been referencing, Investing in Emerging Markets, the Growing Relevance of Geographic Diversification, which is now available up on UBS.com slash CIO for clients of UBS, of course, contact your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy directly, though today we have been joined by the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas, Alejo Zerwanko from UBS CIO. Alejo, thank you for joining us as always and looking forward to catching up with you again next month. Always so much fun to join, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Until next time. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.